0: On this episode of the Tough Juice Podcast, I had none other than three-time NBA champion, my brother, my little brother, JaVale McGee. And we talked about so many things. Three-time NBA champion, about his journey from Washington, growing up in Flint, being in Chicago, not being heavily recruited. We talk about having a strong foundation with his mother, Pam McGee, and about how she raised the bar so high and how he had to obtain certain goals and things that he's still striving for because of the excellence that she presented in front of him. Clear case of seeing his believing. We also talked about his show, Life Inside the Bubble, and the journey of that, and what he plans on doing going forward with his NBA career. Make sure you subscribe to the Tough Juice Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or my YouTube page, or wherever you get your pods. Yeah, congratulations, brother.
1: Thank you, bro. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, man. Another
1: one. Third one. Unheard of.
0: <laughs> hey, let's go right into it, man. Uh you know, thinking about where you come from and we're gonna dive into that too. But right now, being in the moment of being a three time champion, like how does that feel?
1: Um, I mean, you can't you can't really explain it, man. It's a it's an amazing feeling. Uh it was an amazing feeling just being a one time champion and then back-to-back champion, and then three out of four years, you're, you're a champion. is an amazing feeling, and uh, it just shows hard work really pays off. That's about it, man. Hey, are are you... Uh, it's crazy because, you know, when I got
0: later in my career, I was like 12, 13, 14 years in, I'm like, all right, shit, I need to try to find the perfect situation where we realistically got a shot every year. Right. Are you looking at those opportunities, or are you just a product of being just in the a good situation at the right time.
1: Um, I'm definitely I I I I 50 50 it to where I want the opportunity to win, but I also want the opportunity to play, and yeah. and 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 show my what I can do and have that those opportunities on the court. So I I took those into accountability when I went back to back in Golden State, and I was like, I can come back to Golden State again, but it'll be for the minimum. And in the same role of coming off the bench. So I had to bet on myself going to the Lakers the next year. And I feel like we actually could have made it to the playoffs that year. If Brian wouldn't have got hurt. If everybody wouldn't have got hurt, really. Um and then I and then they got A D this last year and I was still there. So it was just it was just a blessing. Because I did have a great season last year, which 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 allowed me to continue over into the into the championship season. So I mean, just just putting the work in, and and it's an amazing feeling. Yeah,
0: yeah. How how often do you reflect on the beginning, like when you think about you know not probably being heavily recruited early on, you know, being in Chicago, the Flint days, that whole process, and then yeah, eventually coming into the Wizards, and you know, people not knowing where to plug you at, what you want to be going forward. Like, just walk us through that whole
1: process. Um. I mean, I think about it all the time. Uh, just coming from Flint, um, like you said, not highly recruited anywhere. Um, the bank thing when I was coming out of high school, I wanted to do. I just wanted to get away from home. Uh, I I always stayed in the house. I was always a homebody. I was always around my mama, or or I, I I was just like I want some freedom. I want to just go somewhere. So I, I tried to go as far west as possible. Um, and I liked film at the time, so I wanted to. I wanted to major in film, um, go to a film school, and USC is the is the best school for film school, so that's why I originally wanted to go because my mother went there also. But they were, they wanted to redshirt me, so I also wanted to play. So and that just just what I was saying. I, I've always been about opportunities, and I felt like Nevada was the far as far west as I can go and have the opportunity to play. Um, so my sophomore year, when I got to start, um, I, I, I stepped up and uh, I got drafted. Um, and then I, I came, came, went to the Wizards, uh, had some great vets. You, um, Antoine Jameson, uh, Gilbert Arenas, um, fun guys. And, and, but, but in the long run, hard workers, um, you, you, for example, I, I've seen you, um, go to dinner late night, 10 PM, blah, blah, blah. And then after, after dinner, go work out in the gym, go to the Wizards facility and get some shots up. So just being around that, that work ethic, uh, definitely um, impacted me in a a positive way um i i wasn't winning in in uh the for the wizards uh so i I got traded to to denver and then when i got to denver we went to the playoffs uh, multiple times uh we had a 57 win um uh year uh and i I got my first contract there um just just working hard and, and winning and that's when i really figured out that you, you get longevity in the league when you win. Um, that, that was the time in my life where I was like, okay, if, if I want to do anything, if I want to last – if I want my career to be anything, I got to win. You got to make the playoffs every year, and everybody eats. Do you, do you think that – and I'm glad you brought up Denver. Bro, like you
0: and Coach, y'all was coming in when we were in D.C., and I, I observed you watching, right? I observed you watching, and I was like, yo, he – he picking up, he understanding what it takes to be consistent in a professional in this league. But I felt like when you went to Denver, you know, they rewarded you with contract, right. expectations. But I felt like they didn't give you enough leeway to continue to kind of grow into who you was going to become because you was different. You're you're like a big that can run, you can dribble the ball, you can do a lot of interesting things, and you have to be. You know, just groomed and molded in the right way. I felt like we missed out on that and watched him because the ball was in everybody's hand. Mm-hmm. But when you went to Denver, I think you supposed I thought you were supposed to be teacher a little more, but I felt like they gave up on you a little bit too
1: soon. Can For sure. For I sure. Think- uh when I when I got to Denver, um I, I was in a different mindset of oh, I just got traded. So I had that feeling of this team didn't want me. I gotta show this team that I'm supposed to be here and what I can do. Um, so I, I got to Denver and I think it was maybe the first game that I played that I was like, I got off waivers or whatever. I hit like, I got like a game winning off the free throw line tip dunk or something. And from that moment, I was like, okay, this is somewhere that, that I really can be, but I don't feel like, I feel like they had me in that spot of he's athletic. He can run and jump, but that's all we're going to use him for. Uh, we're not going to expand this game to get a mid-range jumper, a three. We're just going to keep him in the dunker. Him and Kenneth Reed, we can just run this and, and, and do it this way. Don't get me wrong. It worked. Yeah, keep you in that box. It worked to win games, but yeah. I, 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 me personally, I don't feel like I grew as a player, um, especially on the offensive end or or defensive end. I've always been, been, been pretty good on, on defense, but on the offensive end, I don't think I grew. And uh and then and then I got injured, so that just that just really messed it up to to that point.
0: How, how important is it? And I'm glad you brought this up because injuries and like you said, developing and growing, how important it is uh or, or is it for you to have guys on the sideline that kind of been through the grind and understand the, the, what you need to get better at uh during the process of growing as a player?
1: Oh, uh, it's extremely important. Uh not having the right people around a player can, for one, lower their confidence in themselves um, and and change their worth ethic to where, for example, when I was in Washington, um, somebody told me, I think it was Gil, he told me, he was like, yo, in this league, all you need to do is run, jump, rebound, and block shots, and, and you'll be all right. So I took that to heart, like, okay, I'm going a, I'm to a get extremely well at that. I'm going to do that to a T. And I, I definitely – excelled immediately in that. Um, but I don't feel like I ever had that opportunity to expand like, okay, what about this mid-range game? What about this and that? It was more, no, 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 no. We don't need you to do that. We just want you to do this. We just want you to do this. And after a while, you're like, okay, well, they're not letting me shoot the three, so why am I practicing the three? It doesn't make sense. So, it, it, it in, a, in in, turn, it just, it just takes away your confidence in your own self when you know, for example, in college, I was shooting, what, 28 30 from the three my sophomore year, like shooting that thing. Like, I really didn't dunk as much as I did when I got to the league, right? Huh? It was never hesitant either to shoot it, right? Never. I shot everything in college, it was no hesitation. But when you got to the NBA, it's like, hey, they, you, it's that, it's that, oh, you shoot a bad shot, we taking you out mentality. So it, it, it's a total difference. And, and if you're not in the top 13 at lottery pick, vibe to where they're like go do what you need to do we're gonna give you the green light on everything then you can get caught in those little those you can get caught in those boxes of we just want you to be this player and this the player you have to be for the rest of your career when did you get a glimpse of
0: wow like uh, a, a coach or a developmental guy like observing you or observing a talent and then like molding them and grooming them where he was like Okay, damn. Like I finally see what I need, you know, in this league. When did you first get your real glimpse of that um of,
1: of a different player uh, or or yourself? Um I don't truly I don't feel like I've ever had that really. I I've, yeah. I've had more coaches be like, "I know exactly what you can do and I'm not trying to make what you can't do better. We just want you for what you can do." <laughs> not <Prince>, your <Dr>. we- <laughs> We don't need we need your strengths. We don't need to strengthen your weaknesses. We just want your strength. We want you to run the floor. We want your block shots. We want you to protect the rim. We want you to play defense and dunk the ball. That's all we need you to do. And I've never I've never had a coach come to me, except I would say. uh, Not this past season, but the year before in the Lakers, um, Coach uh, Luke Walden. Uh, I had, I've had i had conversations with him, and, and I feel like this is the first coach where I've really sat down and had a conversation with, like, yo, I want to do more, and he was accepting of that. It was a, a short leash, don't get me wrong. It wasn't like, oh, go ahead, do everything you want. But he was definitely drawing plays up for me, uh, giving me the ball in the post, uh, running plays for Brian to come off the screen because he knows Brian's, Brian's vision is amazing, so he's going to be able to get the ball to where it needs to be. Um, he would let me shoot threes in certain situations. So the confidence that Luke put 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 uh put in me on the offensive game at least was 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 definitely one of the things that I really appreciated about him.
0: Yeah, that's amazing, bro. Uh, I, I want to stick to basketball. Uh, you know, playing with someone. You know, talking about the history of LeBron James and what he's done in the league. Can you just talk about? Playing with him and then playing alongside the Splash Brothers and Steph Curry, the success that you had there. Yeah, we have um, a lot of similarities. Playing,
1: playing with the Warriors is a, uh, is a is a system game. Um, to especially being in my position as center. So with with the centers, we we know our roles. There's the like I said, there's a role, there's a role you have to play in every situation. So on the Warriors as a center, I'm a screener. I'm a rebounder, I block shots, I'm uh I screen and roll hard. Uh I, and also I'm a off-ball screener for Clay and 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 um and Steph, just knowing where I need to be and knowing where I need to be around the rim when Draymond has the ball cuz Draymond's an amazing passer. And and the communication that the whole team had was was amazing and the way that them boys shot the ball was just I've never played with nobody where they shoot the shot and I'm not even, I'm low key not even looking for the rebound. I'm like, nah, that's going in. I'm going the other way. But I mean, I'm a hardworking player and that's really my niche to go to the offensive rebound. So that's why I really, I feel like with them, the defense even thought they were going to make the shot. So they're a little hesitant. So it it opened up a little bit for me on those missed shots and those offensive rebounds. with playing with LeBron is different, just because it's a singular person who knows so much about the game of basketball. Um, his his basketball IQ is crazy. The way that he'll he'll know, oh, if we run this play, then that player on the backside is gonna make a cut, and then that player will be open over here. It, it was just it's just amazing b- being a part of it and seeing the things that he sees, and and also seeing all the attention that he draws to himself. Um, and still gets his his buckets, gets his assists, gets his rebounds with everybody looking at him. So it's it's definitely, and and it's also amazing just seeing his off-the-court work, his off-the-court work, the the, the, the treatment that he does, the weights that he does, just the the preparation is, is really serious. There's an exciting
0: new podcast out from Gimlin, Resistance, inspired by the summer's protests. These are new stories from the front lines of the movement from Black Lives. Told by Generation Fighting for Change. Hosted by Sahih Tajan Thomas Jr. Resistance is out on Spotify. Take a sneak peek and listen here.
2: One, two, three, boom! On May 29th at 10 a.m., I got a text message about a protest from a friend. Grabbed my bag, had my goggles, I knew what to do. I like put on some pants because I was wearing my pajamas. Covered my entire face, combat boots. Took our bikes, got on the train, and we just hit the streets. I was like, let's go, let's go, let's go. When people all around the world first started going outside and protesting this summer, I'm kind of ashamed to say I was on my couch, playing video games. I convinced myself that I was staying home because I didn't want to catch coronavirus, but honestly, I was afraid of being let down again. We've been here before, I know I have. I've marched, I've yelled, and yet we keep ending up right back here again. So how come when protests started this summer, people kept saying over and over again, this time is different? What were they talking about? What were they seeing? So I went out. From Gimlet, I'm Saeed T. John Thomas Jr. And this is Resistance, a show about people refusing to accept things as they are. People putting their lives on the line. I got sped on, kicked, called the N-word. They started pulling out their batons. They started charging at people. And the next thing I realized, I had like five police officers beating me up. People becoming leaders. people becoming targets. These motherfuckers knock on my door at 7 a.m.? My first instinct was to run. And some people, like me, who've been feeling hopeless for a long time now, are suddenly finding reasons to smile again. Let me see that black joy, baby. And low-key, they're turning the movement into the move. It's like the summer jam or Coachella of (laughs) protest. I'm just saying, like, it's a vibe. I've followed this movement for months now, and honestly, I still have more questions than answers. Like, how can we make sure this time really is different? What can we learn from the people who've been here before? And how do you keep on resisting when everyone else stops showing up? Look at everybody going back to normal, man. What the fuck for? This ain't normal. Resistance premieres October 14th. Listen for free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Black Lives, baby.
0: Hey, I saw something that you changed or probably done your whole career, but you start documenting more, like, your preparation, like, going into the gym, people, like, let people see, like, you... Getting it in in the process of getting prepared for games in the season mm-hmm. off season. Was that something important for you to do? And you know, you wanted to show like other teams so they could get a different evaluation of you?
1: Definitely, definitely. Um, unfortunately, I had a bad or people had a bad view of me, maybe about my work ethic or what I wasn't doing, or I didn't work hard, or I was lazy, just a lot of uh, names that were stamped on the Javel McGee brand that weren't true. So, in my, in my, I I figured the only way I can combat that is to show them every fucking day I am in the gym working. And I was recording, I'm recording this on my iPhone too. It's not like I got a production team or nothing. I'm recording every one of my workouts on my iPhone. And at one point I was editing it by myself too on iMovie on my phone. I would literally just chop it up, put the music behind it, post it on my Instagram and do it myself. like. It's easy because I and every day too. Like I'm lifting, I lift every day. But people in their minds they're like, "Oh, if you don't show it, it didn't happen. You ain't you ain't really working." So I was like, "All right." So at one point, I just filmed every time I lifted, every time I worked out, I filmed it and I would post it on my Instagram. And I knew I knew it wouldn't be a distraction for anyone because I'm playing basketball, I'm working out, so it's not like hey, why are you doing all this extra? No, I'm showing you exactly why I'm doing this and and the hard work that it takes to be a champion. I guess.
0: That was so dope bro I, I you know i was watching i caught myself watching and i said you know what that's like growth and development at its finest i said he gets it like he knows what it's about uh being true to the craft being a professional and then like i know that you realize this but your platform is so massive you got a ton of followers and everybody like there's a lot of young fellas out there trying to be the next javel mcgee you know and everybody's not going to be you know lebron james and you know steph curry and all that they're, they're unicorns in this space but you know with hard work and the proper due diligence you know you can you know provide for your family be generational wealth uh can, is that something that you think about too when you're going and using this, uh, your platform to show the visuals
1: uh yes definitely uh just because i like you said it's, it's only one lebron it's only one step it's only one clay and these guys come every blue moon. Um, so you got to realize that it's 450 players in the NBA. So what about those other 400 players besides the top 50 superstars? Um, I, I like showing you that you don't have to score all the points or, or get all the rebounds. As long as you're in here, you're working hard, you're in here uh, helping your team, you're, you're in here and in, in encouraging your team, you're on the bench, turn turning your team up, making sure everybody's uh locked in um being a vocal leader um it's just a lot of stuff that comes with basketball that you really don't know in high school in high school you're just like play basketball then we go home play basketball you go home that's how basketball works but it's so much more it's so much more mental so much more of a mental aspect to playing basketball than you would ever really know unless you play at this level i i I gotta
0: you know rewind and go back to the beginning before you guys went inside of the bubble and there was a lot of things that was happening around the world. Uh, we saw the death of George Floyd, Ahmad Arbery, uh, countless others. We saw what happened in Kenosha, you know, close to my hometown with Jacob Blake. And I want to get your thoughts on just your observation, what you was feeling at the time and going inside of the bubble. One, did you think that you would have a season, a second half of the season? Did you think that the bubble would work? And then two, did you think like, Everything that you was feeling as a black man, like would these things fall by the
1: wayside? Um. So one, uh, when when we had the three month hiatus of 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 the COVID, where they canceled the season, they weren't updating us with anything. Like nothing. they did nothing. I think we found out we were going back probably three weeks, maybe two weeks before. Like, okay, you gonna go? To, we got, we figured it out. We doing a bubble in Orlando <laughs> two weeks before. Like damn. And then, and then everything was closed. The Lakers facility was closed. So we had to think fast and like basically change our whole routines to where it's like, okay, I'm used to going into the Lakers facility early Practice at 11. I'm getting there at eight 30. I'm getting my treatment. I'm getting my sauna. I'm getting my, my stretching, my, uh, weightlifting, my plyometrics. I'm getting everything done at one area which is making it so I can be there from eight to one or two and get everything done then. And we live in LA also. So now we have to go to, I got to go over here to North Hollywood to live. And then after that, I got to go to uh, Chatsworth to go play basketball and it, it just extended your day. But it also just put time on you to where like we could be doing so much more if we had the facilities, but it was three months of just, up in the air, like figure it out. So, and then two weeks into it, we go to the bubble. Two weeks after, two weeks they tell us we're going to the bubble, and we go to the bubble, and it's just a whole different world. It's just totally different than what we're used to as being NBA players. Yeah. What was the um,
0: what, what was the biggest difference, like when you entered the bubble? Like, what was you like? Damn, like I don't have access to
1: what? Like it was. It was. It was. It was like being in college, to where like when I used to live in the dorms, to where like you have one room. You know where your room is when you in college you go to classes then you go to practice and then you just do the same thing over and over if unless your parents got money or something then you can take your car that you have i ain't had no car in college so i'm in the bubble we don't got no car we we, we go we see the same guys we see our teammates every day we see the same staff members we every day for 90 days over 90 days like 100 days for real and we we do the same thing over it was getting monotonous at one point to where you're just in your room and you're just like man like i'm on a resort i'm supposed to i should be happy but i'm not i'm here for three whole months and, and i appreciate the fact that i get to play the game of basketball the game that i love but it's just not the same and it's different Damn.
0: I, as, as far as like the observation of the social issues happening outside the bubble was that something you were concerned about as an athlete and as a black man? Like, all right, let me just go back to playing basketball or should I be out in Flint or somewhere in one of my community where I'm from, you know, protesting? and um,
1: I always so I, I heard guys say, like, I don't feel like we should go to the bubble because it takes away from the, the view of this and that. But before people started putting their names on the back of their jersey and all the uh, the the um, vote and uh, respect us and everything people were putting on the back of their jerseys, before that, when people were saying that, oh, I don't think we should go, I was like, what do you mean you don't think we should go? If We're not LeBron, Steph, and what you call the people with 20 million followers on our Instagram, so... I feel like our biggest voice will be when we're playing games, right after a game, if we can uh, – this person got shot. I, I don't like what the cops are doing, defund the police, just in interviews. And we did that for sure, but I'm, I'm referencing – before we got there, I was thinking this, like why, what, why do people think that we wouldn't have a bigger voice? And I feel like the NBA did a great job of putting the Black Lives Matter on the court, uh, all the things that they did. And to make sure that we had a voice and it was on TV, uh primetime television every night that we were playing. I, I really appreciate the NBA for taking that step. Um, because I feel like we definitely had a better voice being in the bubble than outside the bubble. Yeah, that's
0: strong. And you know, I'm glad you brought that up because we think about the voting initiative. I think that all the guys using their platform to drive voting in their respective states and cities, counties, uh when you think about you know the symbolic recognition, it went beyond that. Uh, 300, million, 300 million, a year endowment uh, from the association. Uh, they created uh, a lot of economic inclusion things uh, across the board, uh, black coalition groups, etc. But what do you want to see personally going forward, or have you seen enough from uh,
1: the NBA? Um, I just wanted to see it continue. Uh season on season on and not just in black history month. Um, I feel like it should be an all year round thing. It shouldn't be the, the, the month with the least amount of days, um, in the year. I feel like we should be doing this all around. We, uh, every year for the, in, until everything's right. And I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. So I just feel like the NBA needs to keep fighting, keep doing everything that they're doing and just keep pushing. Um, we, we, we got Donald Trump out of office, uh, but I feel like the fact that the NBA was pushing everybody to go vote, we had a, a lot of people who had never voted before got to get in there, vote, see, it wasn't a hard process, uh, and really just push it. And I feel like the NBA did a good job, and I feel like they just need to continue doing that.
0: And, and someone else that did a great job, man, got to pin it back to you. You did a remarkable job at documenting you know, your life and your everyday inside the bubble and, you know, my life inside the bubble was crazy. I think that, you know, from a viewership standpoint, every episode that you put out, you get like a half a million views, and you know, how was that process? And now that you're not in the bubble, and if from the looks of it, it looked like you're not going, in the bubble. uh, what are you doing with that?
1: With blog? Um, i'm just growing my well the process was amazing uh just being able to i've always been the person to you know i I think i brought a camera to like i think we went to germany or berlin or something my rookie year i brought a camera in and i was filming stuff but that was before youtube we really knew what youtube was and what what the point of youtube was so we didn't really i didn't post it or anything i was just like filming and documenting things so i've always been that person so when i got the opportunity to go to the bubble um I I was packing up my my cameras and everything and then I asked my I have a video guy who does all my edits for my YouTube and my Instagram and all of that and I asked him I was like you think I should bring a camera he was like yeah bring one and just film what you're doing and I was like yeah you're right all right I'll do it and I filmed from getting on the plane to the bubble and I filmed not every day but I filmed a lot of days just being in the bubble and I, I posted that first episode. The first episode went crazy, like I yeah. think like 1.8 views or something. And I was like, okay, people really want to see this. So after that, I was like, cool. I'm just keep filming. And I filmed everything. All all my teammates were excited were were excited about it and were cool with being in it, which was dope. Um, and I was just really excited about the fact that people wanted to see the insides, the the behind the scenes of how it is being in the NBA. Yeah. And
0: you know what? Uh, I, I thought it was amazing. And speaking of behind the scenes, and I, I don't want to say if for you. It's not going to happen again. But let's say if the spike and all this stuff continues. And I know that we have a foreseeable uh, season coming up. But if players are presented with the bubble concept again, do you think guys will be all in on one? Or do you think it would be some type of uh, you know
1: drawback? Um, I think there would definitely be a drawback, but um, in the long run, I feel like guys are more worried about their financial status and, and and the 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 advancement of their family. So, um, if that's what we have to do, I feel like to get the I feel like the guys who are good, they got their bread, they've been had multiple contracts, they're good, they're not worried about it. But these young guys, they they need that money, they need the, the money to uh, to take care of their family. So they're, they're willing to do what it takes to, to go play basketball. And then in the long run, you also got to think like people were out here working at coal mines and and building buildings and they still got to go to work during COVID. Um, so we can't go play basketball during COVID. So it's, it's just a, a, a give and take, I guess. But definitely no one wants to. I don't think that's not something someone wants. No, not at all. No one wants to do another bubble because um, we, in the long run, we want to see our families and we want our freedom to do what we want to do. We don't want to just be locked up in our rooms and COVID tests every day.
0: In the podcast, Nice White Parents, reporter Hannah Jaffe-Walt, you may know her from This American Life, started looking to, into a school in her neighborhood after her kids became school age in New York City. Hannah examines this public middle school traditionally filled with black and brown students, After a number of white families arrived, she investigated the school's history and finally realized what kept getting in the way of making the school better. White Parents. Nice White Parents is made by Cereal Productions, a New York Times company, the same people who made cereal in S-Town. Launch CTA is now through 819. It's available everywhere, wherever you get your pods. Ben CTA 820 and beyond all episodes are available wherever you get your podcast. I, I know it's a lot of conversations out there. A lot of trade talks about, you know, players on the roster are supposed to be coming back to the roster and a foreseeable short term future of a lot of players just, you know, right now in a perfect world, where would you want to be
1: going forward? Um, I mean, in a perfect world, I, I want to be on a championship-contending team. That's that's about it. Uh, I, I, I like I said, the last three three out of four years, I've won an NBA championship, um, and I don't I don't want to go to a, a losing team just to just to do it. Uh, I just want to stay positive and uh, keep working hard and, and make sure that I'm putting myself in a position to to grow my legacy and 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 stamp that McGee name as a as a winner.
0: You're definitely doing that, bro. Three-time champion. And, you know, last few questions I got for you, just as I'm thinking about legacy and I'm thinking about what you're doing with drug life, can you just go into, like, how, one, how that concept came about, and, two, like, I I haven't been granted to a baseball game and shit yet. I, I love to do that. And then, you know, just talk to me about what that whole concept and what that whole mission is about.
1: Um, so, Jug Life, I started Jug Life. Well, Jug Life is my, uh, my chair, me and my business partner, Kez Reed's uh, charity. We build water wells in Uganda. Um, and we also teach kids in America and all around the world the importance of drinking water um, and living a healthy and active lifestyle. Um, so it started, I was in Denver, um, and I was, uh, I, I had talked to someone and it was like, you got to drink a lot of water a day to be an elite athlete. And I, w- I wasn't really worried about drinking water like that. Like I was drinking water. Yeah. Maybe two, three glasses a day, but then it was just something clicked. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take this challenge. I'm going to drink a ja- a gallon a day. And then I decided to write on it. Hashtag jug life on the, on the bottle. So I started putting it on Twitter Instagram and people like, tweet me back like i'm on it too i'm gonna drink a gallon a day just because you're doing it blah blah whoa whoa so that's what it originally started i was just like you know what I'm, I'm gonna try to get as hydrated as possible because water it definitely helps you with so many things when it comes to your body and health um i'm just trying to do that just to just to advance myself and being a better basketball player and then my business partner ks he came to me it was like uh i feel like we could expand his brand and make it into something bigger. And he came with the idea of, of building water wells in Uganda. And I, I was all in for it. And then from there on, we just, we took off and, and we made it happen.
0: Yeah. I, 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 I don't cares what up too, man. This Can you talk about the importance of, you know, having business minded people around you? You know, uh, LeBron has, you know, Maverick, and he's done a remarkable job. Some people not seasoned in the space, and you're particularly young when you come yeah. in. The space. But it, why is it so important to have people
1: like that in the business? Um, it's extremely important. Uh, as a basketball player, we know how to do one thing, and that's to play basketball. Um, some players, for example, Andre Godala, are really good at talking to people of different cultures and and – um tax brackets than even nba players billionaires and and knowing exactly what the lingo is and what we're talking about and and how to invest in this and invest in that so personally i feel like every young guy coming into the league needs that one guy that's their day-to-day guy they're hanging out with them they want to go to a party blah blah they had that guy and then they also need another guy who who who's Maybe not there yet, but looking to grow themselves into being that business savvy guy who who can talk to investors, who can talk to different businesses on your behalf as a player and know exactly what you're talking about um, and also understand how to move the leverage of your brand. Um, I, I definitely don't think any a lot of guys don't have that guy. They just have a lot of yes men around them, guys who go pick up their laundry and drive their car um and it, it's real uh and i had to figure this out myself um with kez i had been hanging around kids for probably my whole career probably at my second year and then and then on and i we never realized it until we got to golden state and he was in, and i really let him into the world of okay i want you to be with me every day and he was with me every day and he was making those connections that i wasn't able to make just because i'm on the court he's uh, on the sideline talking to this investor, to this business guy and just building my brand without me even with me on the court working, working, doing my job. So you got to build your team. Uh, you got to definitely as a, as an NBA player, you got to build your team because you're a business. Uh, so you got to have that, those people in your corner, the same way a business has, has employees.
0: Yeah. I'll be remiss. I didn't bring, uh, you know, Queen Pam, but uh, you know your mom. Uh, can you just talk about the importance of having someone in your corner, as firm and solid as she's been, uh, believing in you, probably even when you kind of lack the confidence even yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, her just laying down that groundwork in order
1: for you to become who you are today. Uh, Pamela McGee, uh, one of the, one of the goats, one of the greatest uh, women basketball players ever. She's in the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah. My mother uh went to USC won championships there she won championships in college she won gold she won uh gold medals um in the Olympics and she won a WNBA championship as a coach so just coming from behind, that is is just pedigree to where she's always on my head and always have been. Like you can't say nothing to me until you win a championship. I won my first championship. She's like, okay, you got a championship, cool, cool, cool. Won my back to back. She's like, dang, all right, uh, you got two NBA your championships, You're good, yeah. You're good. So I I got three now. She's like, all right, you you I gotta pass the torch. You didn't did it. Uh, I can't beat that. Um, so, I mean, it, it, but it's it's always good to have that person in your corner, rather right? it's your mother, father, brother, sister, who 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 will cut the bullshit and tell you what it is. Um, they'll tell you when you're not playing well. They'll tell you when you're bullshitting. They tell you when you're not hard, working hard enough. They'll tell you um, everything you need to know. Um, on a real level to where it's it's not a gain for them or a lose for them. They're just telling you what's real. And I feel like everybody needs that in their life. And luckily my mother was that person for me early on in my career. Yeah, And
0: you know what? I'm I'm so glad you brought that up. uh, Pretty much you led me to my last question, which is legacy. And when you think about your name, when you think about the McGee name, uh, when you're done playing this game of basketball, when you hang them up, you know, ultimately, what would you want your legacy to be? What would you want to be remembered for most?
1: Um, truthfully, I would want to be remembered as a champion. Uh, I feel like that's the highest um, the highest feat that you can have is just winning an NBA championship, especially playing in the NBA. I feel like that's the point. <laughs> that's, I don't know, if, if you're just playing just to make money, uh, that, that's not really fulfilling. Um the thing about it is you want to win that championship and then everything else will fall into place like dominoes. Uh it's 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 the McGee legacy was was passed on from my mother who who was winning, 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 winning. That's all she was doing in her her college career and her her uh WBA career and her and her uh high school career. So just passing that on to me and then I'm gonna pass it on to my daughter. I have a daughter now. And she's extremely athletic, uh, tall and slender. And she's only four years old. And I just look at her like, oh, man, you're going to be a problem. I don't care what sport you play. You're going to be a problem at it just because you got the lineage of your grandmother being a beast, your father being cold, your auntie is in the WNBA. Like, So it's just the, the McGee legacy and the McGee, McGee l- lineage is very important to me. And, and I can't wait for those times to come. I mean, I can't wait. But – uh it's, it's definitely gonna be great when those times come that's strong bro
0: hey how, how old is your daughter
1: four just turned four
0: okay let me ask you did you uh did you watch the the, the election and the whole process with Kamala harris
1: and her being uh you know appointed the VP oh um, I didn't see it I wasn't watching it uh when when I think I was where was I it's, first of all, it took too long. Why? <laughs> I, I thought, I thought, I always it's thought. still was no... going on. Just so you know, it's still going on. Shit. Oh, it's still going on. So we still were... No, that's what I'm saying. Like, that, that was a crazy length of presidency I've ever seen in my life. Like, I thought the president was supposed to be minimum two days later. Like, okay, we know who the president is. So, I wasn't in front of the TV watching it when it happened. I, I got informed over Twitter. Um, but it's, it's definitely an amazing thing that, that now my, my daughter can definitely have the ambition of, I can potentially be a vice president of the United States. And technically I can be the president. If anything happens to the president, I would never wish that on anybody, but technically I can be the first or the second black well my daughter's black and Latina, Latina. So the black Latina president, that's just amazing. That's cool. Man. Hey
0: man, I just want to say I'm proud of you brother. Three time you, bro. champion, come a long way. Still got so far to go. Appreciate
1: it's
0: it. My platform, man, on the Tough Juice podcast. Appreciate
1: it, yeah. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me, bro. Yep. Yeah. Be safe out there. Have a good one. You too. Peace.